1: in a crucial state. not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people try to cross the border. Politicians build a new world order. And this should be led. I've got to be free The way God made sense And I won't be ruled by the, the wet. Taking your rights you to self-defense say you're stable but they don't make sense Dangerous funds will not turn into guns all need the food is always after the All the life made out for foreign Come a day when there'll be real hell's pay. I've gotta be free the way God made me. And I won't be ruled by the damn. Hello and
2: welcome to today's broadcast of Tap into the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. But as always, I am your ever so humble host, Tim Tap, coming to you live from historic Rome County, Tennessee, and glad to have you here. Right now, so far, that's just Chief. I'm hopeful others will join in shortly, but Chief is in the BTR chat room with me right now. So thank you very much for being here, sir. Chief is, of course, the host of a great show in its own right. goes by the handle of Simple Facts of Life. And uh, it is fantastic. Well worth your time if you're listening to this show on a regular basis. Trust me. Well worth your time. Go to blogtalkradio.com. Once you're on the homepage, you'll see a little search bar at the top. Put in Simple Facts of Life in that search bar, and you will be led to the homepage for his show. That show page will allow you to listen to uh, all of the great shows that are stored away in archives. Plus, you're more than welcome to join them live on Tuesdays starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. I trust that you can adjust to your time zone accordingly. All right. So, lots of stuff going on, not the least of which is me feeling like I need to be whining. A <laughs> better way to do self-isolation than <laughs> with him (laughs) thank you chief (laughs) Uh, lots going on lots to talk about of course uh biggest thing i feel like doing is whining because i got a little over aggressive trying to do yard work yesterday and in the process of it uh, my ankle uh was doing okay up till a certain point and then i kind of uh Made a funny little move, and it uh, twisted, and uh, it popped, and uh, (laughs) it hurt. So I'm being a big crybaby again. Not that that's all that unusual, mind you. It's kind of uh, par for the course, but wow, wow, wow. I got bringing a Boy hanging out with us too early to the party tonight. Glad to have you here, uh, Boy. Happy uh, to have you. Got uh, Green Beasley in here as well. And uh, glad to have you guys hanging out. It's Friday, and uh, that's the way it is. For the folks that are hearing this show rebroadcast on terrestrial radio stations, great places like KYAH 540 AM, Utah's Talk Authority, or WCET 101.7 FM in Columbia, South Carolina, and by extension WCETFM.com. Or perhaps High Point Radio, 1690 AM in New Jersey, KDIL 105.7 FM in Kennewick, Washington, or KOII 94.5 FM in Flagstaff, Arizona. For the benefit of you fine folks, the Time of the Live broadcast is April 17th. It's 2020 and a few brief moments after 7 p.m. All right, deep breath. And let's get started. Okay, so it would appear that some, not all, but some of the legislatures, state legislatures, are starting to get the message. They're starting to get the idea that their governors are overreaching, that they're going to step too far, that they don't have. Any scientific rationale for ignoring the Bill of Rights or the Constitution of the United States, they don't seem to be making a whole lot of sense with some of their restrictions. So in a few places, there's a little bit of a revolt going on, and I mean among Democratic legislators at the state level. Okay, so as backlash mounts against the state's highly restrictive stay-at-home order in Michigan, some of their Democratic lawmakers at the state level have begun to openly criticize Gretchen Whitmer. Uh, On March 23rd, Whitmer issued an executive order imposing the temporary requirement to suspend activities that are not necessary to sustain or protect life. Didn't stop the sale of lottery tickets or alcohol, but still all that. Anyway, uh, the order, which has since been expanded and extended to April 30th, shuts down all businesses and organizations deemed not necessary. It bans gatherings of any size. Bars, non-essential travel between residences, and mandates that larger stores shut down non-essential departments and areas, including gardening centers and plant nurseries. Now, we've all talked uh, to a certain degree about various aspects of that order. (laughs) Uh, The whole uh, traveling between residences bit. I'm sorry. If I've got a lake house… In one of the more scenic parts of Michigan, and I want to get out of one of the more populated parts of Michigan, why exactly can I not socially distance me and my family up at my lake house? Why is that not permissible? Yeah, we can we can keep asking those questions all we want to. Why am I not allowed to buy fresh seeds for my new upcoming garden, especially since I keep seeing on the hype, panic mode media that there's disruptions in the supply chains and – that there's dangers involved with going to the grocery store. It might not be such a bad idea if I could, I don't know, maybe raise some of my own cucumbers or beans or squash or water or something. Why can't I go get some uh, seeds? Well, of course, Governor Whitmer doesn't have an answer per se. She's just in charge. And that's the part you need to remember. Now, this draconian order, of course, sparked protests. Uh, We talked about those protests in depth on Wednesday when they occurred, including the little Operation Gridlock, in which thousands of Michiganders descended on the state capitol on that Wednesday to call for a more measured approach and to warn that tyranny is worse than the virus. Now, Whitmer's orders, of course, has also prompted at least two federal lawsuits brought by several residents accusing the governor of violating citizens' constitutional rights and a petition calling for her recall that has amassed over 270,000 signatures as of earlier this morning. Four Michigan sheriffs have also announced that they will not enforce some of her orders. while. Many of her critics, of course, are right-leaning individuals. It's not only conservative Michiganders who are directing criticism towards Whitmer over her handling of the crisis. Some of her fellow Democrats in the state are also voicing their frustration about how she's responded to the pandemic. Reported over at town hall, quote, Democrat Mike Duggan mayor of Detroit, called his state system for reporting COVID-19 not reliable, as hospital officials also blamed the state government for an inefficient system that ultimately leads to longer wait times. Michigan State Representative Karen Witsit. A Democrat representing the Detroit area alleged that Governor Whitmer was given federal officials incorrect information on the COVID-19 situation in Detroit and told a Michigan News outlet that Governor Whitmer was not doing enough. There is no need for me to have a conversation with someone who's not doing anything. I mean, if you're going to do something, then I want to have a conversation with you. If you're not going to do anything, I don't have time to have a conversation with you. I have people dying in my city. I don't have time to waste. That quote taken directly from Representative Whitson. Now, Warren Mayor Jim Faust, an independent, has also pushed back on Whitmer's handling of the crisis, telling the Detroit News, quote, I'm not going to support giving any citation. We have a large number of senior citizens, and many of them have special needs. They don't own lawnmowers. They rely on commercial services. In their joint statement of, uh, dissent issued Wednesday, Sheriffs Mike uh, Borsovich, Ted Schindel, Ken Falk, and Kim Cole explained why they oppose Whitmer's executive overreach as well, saying, quote, We write today to inform the public for our respective counties of uh, our opposition to some of Governor Whitmer's executive orders. That came in a press release that was reported by Michigan Live. Uh, Quote, while we understand her desire to protect the public, we question some restrictions that she has imposed as overstepping her executive authority. She has created a vague framework of emergency laws that only confuse Michigan citizens. Rather than trying to abide by her vague framework, these sheriffs explain that they will in fact deal with every case as an individual situation and apply common sense. Now that is applauseworthy. I welcome the uh, addition of common sense back into the body politic anywhere we can get it in this country. Uh, back to quoting uh, this again from the uh, sheriffs in this letter. Each of us took an oath to uphold and defend the Michigan Constitution, as well as the U.S. Constitution, and to ensure that your God-given rights are not violated. We believe that we are the last line of defense in protecting your civil liberties. Our focus needs to be on reopening our counties and getting people back to work. We also need to be aware that this virus is deadly and that we need to continue to practice social distancing, washing of hands, wearing of masks, as well as other medically recommended measures. Together, as a community, we will overcome this pandemic, and as Americans, we will preserve and come out stronger than before. That's persevere, not preserve. Sorry. As Americans, we will persevere and come out stronger than before. This time it wasn't a typo. I just got in too big of a hurry. That's on me. I apologize, guys. Anyway, the uh, statement also concluded by saying, "Quote, as sheriffs of your community, we want you to know that we have your back and will continue to serve the people who have entrusted us with your protection." Now, first and foremost, it is always good, always good to see county sheriffs stepping up and uh, putting the Constitution and the citizens of their communities ahead of little tyrants… (laughs)
0: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void are prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. To be fair, a lot of people
2: are engaging in emergency activities. And a lot of citizens in these communities, whether it be at the state level or at the county level, have been willingly go along with them because they understand what's at stake. Generally, when lives are on the line, if we honestly and genuinely believe that lives are on the line, perhaps when we think about it more so in terms of other people rather than our own because, uh, let's face facts, we're often willing to take a lot of risk ourselves uh, that we do not want to put other people at risk. Uh, lots of times we're we're way more likely to do uh, things that we really kind of know we shouldn't, but we're like, ah, I can do that. Uh, Sometimes I'm thinking my situations often involve ladders and (laughs) and perhaps occasionally uh, wheels of some kind.
3: Uh,
2: At the end of the day, though, it still comes down to the fact that even even as we do this overreach… Even as we get a grasp, as we're seeing that a lot of these models are being uh, changed up so that the projections change, as we're getting more and more actual information and actual numbers that shows that the seriousness that we were sold on the overall effects of what COVID-19 was going to do to the American population uh, seems to have been heavily exaggerated, we still do not want to endanger anyone. We don't in general. Now, there may be a few exceptions out there that uh, just flat out, I don't give a rat's backside about nobody else. I want to do what I want to do. And there, there's always people like that. Okay, Do not judge all of conservatives that are concerned about the economy based on those mentalities. We don't want to put anybody at risk, but we also understand that each and every day you're alive, you're at risk. It's that simple. Sooner or later, something's going to get you, whether or not it's the Wuhan bat flu stew or whether or not it's uh, some other form of influenza or a piano falling on your head or Wile e. Coyote finally catching up with a roadrunner, upsetting the entire balance of the universe. I don't know, but something is going to get you. The question is, how much do you do in the form of mitigation? Is it reasonable to treat every single individual like they are at equal risk? Is it reasonable to treat every single community within a state as if the risk is the same in all of those communities? Because I'm pretty sure the folks in Detroit will tell you that there's a lot of rural parts of Michigan that are nowhere near as the serious need of medical attention, resources, and perhaps a little more restriction of freedom of movement. I'm sure there's lots of folks living in the state of New York that would tell you the same thing, that New York City, and you can put all the boroughs together, New York City is not the same as Albany, and Albany's not the same as Buffalo, and so forth and so on. Lots of little towns in upstate New York where there's probably next to no cases at all. You need a plan. You need to prepare to mitigate. You need to continue to engage in mitigation policies. But the biggest thing we need to be mitigating right now is the rise of the tiny tyrants. I've still had a lot of interactions with people that are generally pretty solid conservatives that are really upset over this protest that took place in uh, Michigan. Oh, I can't believe this. These people – these people want to make sure that the governor and that all these other would-be tyrants understand that the citizens – of this country, wherever they're located, whatever state they're in, they understand yes, there are risks. They understand what's been asked of them to provide those medications, but they also understand that we are quickly reaching a tipping point, perhaps a point of no return for a lot of the folks that are trying to just ride out the storm right now. It's unacceptable. … that as soon as you mention the word economy, people want to point fingers at you and say, you're a cold, heartless, uncaring son of a gun. No? Well, it, it may be. <laughs> in some cases that might be true, but that doesn't automatically make you that because you're generally concerned about the fate of small businesses in this country. I mean there's a reason why the Democrats have always – when they point out the evils of big business, the free market, it's always corporate America that's the the other end of that. Corporate America is a major part of the economic engine in this country. They are because that's a big place where you're going to find the whole Wall Street crew at, everybody that's publicly traded, but more importantly where the deepest pockets are. But the overwhelming majority of citizens in this country are actually employed by small businesses, and small businesses even run by the smartest of people often run on rather small margins. That's how they maintain their competitive advantage against some of those larger businesses. I'll give you an example. I know a company that manufactures confections. They're a small company. They employ about 35 people. Now, that company has to pay their employees a reasonable wage to get them to come in and do the hard work. And, yes, at an industrial level, making convections is pretty hard. It's hot work if you're actually uh, manufacturing the uh, convection itself. It's tedious and repetitive if you're involved with the packaging. And with all the additional work involved with FDA regulations for food manufacturers and maintaining uh, that all your uh, QA requirements are in place, there's a lot of work, and it's expensive to do. But you have to keep that margin, that little bit of profitability, so low in order to maintain any type of competitiveness with a major corporation that maybe makes a similar confection, but they are huge. They're an international conglomerate. They have enough buying power that they're paying a quarter of what you have to pay for, well, let's say, sugar, okay? Because we're using the confection uh, model, right? Confections, everybody knows confections require sugar. So if somebody Let's say M&M Mars, for example. M&M Mars is huge in the the confection business. The amount of money that they can spend for sugar or for cocoa or for whatever they're getting, they order so much at a time they have a huge, huge volume savings when they go and buy that. So they literally are paying pennies for the same amount of product that a smaller company has to pay. So these small companies are running on small margins, very small levels of profitability on the item itself in an effort to maintain the market share that they're trying to grow. Now, someday, someday down the road, if they're making a really good project, if they come up with the greatest convection ever, and eventually they surplant and surpass what m M&M and Mars does, then they too can take advantage of that buying power. But until that day arrives, they're just a small company trying to survive on a small margin, and they may very well be leveraged. (coughs) If you care about small businesses, you need to understand how business works. You need to understand the models that are at play. Now, I used a model that I'm very familiar with. But in truth, a majority of small businesses operate on very small margins because, again, the idea there, deep pockets, small businesses, not so deep. Corporate America, pretty deep. These major corporate conglomerates, especially international conglomerates, they can survive a lot because they're sitting on a ton of cash. Most small businesses aren't. And to have somebody like Nancy Pelosi sitting around showing off her fancy freezers on television while uh, she says she has no data to prove that there's a need to move, that there's an emergency need to provide supplemental cash to the PPP system, well, not only is that tone deaf, but it's also uh, a little ridiculous. Not, not – so much ridiculous to the point we don't expect it, not so much that it's ridiculous to the point that we don't understand that this is par for the course, if you want to use the golfing reference so many of us enjoy. But it's still ridiculous. What do you mean there's no data? Now, thankfully, uh, we all had the, the reports early on that the money was going to run out on Wednesday. Technically, they made it into a couple of hours into Thursday. So yay, went a little further than they thought, but they're out of money now. There's no more money for this. So if you're a small business and you needed one of these loans for the uh, payroll protection, well, you're out of luck till Nancy Pelosi decides to call their session back to order and uh, have a vote on it. I mean the Senate can go ahead and and lay out whatever they want to and have it ready for them to pick it up as soon as they show up or, or explain why they won't. But you still can't get it done until the house comes back. So, what are you going to do? They're negotiating, they're negotiating. Good for them. But the point still comes back around after the, the complaining about what Nancy Pelosi is doing. I'll get back to the point, and that is from this article, it's clear that there are people with a D at the end of their name at the state level. There are state legislatures, there are state Uh, Not state, but there are um, mayors Folks with a D at the end of the name That are quickly losing their patience With some of these folks that are doing Not only the overstepping But also the virtue signaling And the do-nothing mentality As a result Well, we can't accomplish anything Because we're not getting enough help Well, what are you doing to try to get it? We have a federal system we have a system where the states are supposed to try to take care of things on their own, and then they're supposed to ask for for help from the federal government. If you never ask for the help, then by rights, the federal government shouldn't be doing anything. And they really shouldn't. You need to do your job. We need to just have this all set up, and the the oversight of the federal government, the simple ideology here is that if you're not taking the time to… To pick up the phone or send the letter or however it is you go about uh, your business. If you're not taking the time to do that, if you're not actually following through with what your job description tells you you're supposed to do when you get the job that you went out and begged for money so you could afford to beg for the job, then the assumption of the federal government is supposed to be that you've got it taken care of. You got it. You don't need it that should be the the assumption and that should be assumed the federal government shouldn't be we we I, I know i'm really really being naive when i say this we all know that i i tend to do that when it comes to how the government's supposed to work in comparison to how it does work so indulge me and forgive me but Sadly, the federal government shouldn't be looking for any excuse it can find to just go spend taxpayer dollars. That should not be a shocking or controversial statement. And I know a lot of folks, some of them with R's at the end of their name, it's not all the Democrats that would be aghast to hear such a brazen and preposterous statement. All right, so we're right about that halfway point of the first hour, so what do you say we do that little mid-hour break? We'll start off with a little uh, PSA from the CDC as uh, per the – arrangement, I guess, would be a good thing. They asked. I said, okay. And uh, we'll do an Edwards Notebook or two, uh, you know, the the usual stuff. You guys just don't go anywhere. I'll be right back.
4: COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. There are a few ways to help lower the spread of this respiratory disease. Wash your hands. Avoid touching your face, including mouth, nose, and eyes. Cover your coughs and sneezes. Monitor your symptoms and consult with your doctor. Stay at home and away from other sick people except for medical care. Clean and disinfect high touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov forward slash COVID 19. Thank you.
3: The current coronavirus and the construction of
0: That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No process overplayed by law. Eighteen plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Hello I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, founding father Thomas Paine once stated that the duty of a true patriot is to protect his country from its government. But we know that the nature of government is to grow bigger and bigger and find excuses to dominate us, and if allowed, it could become a deadly enemy. Unfortunately, government officials are not content to simply govern on behalf of we the people. Too often, they seek to enact policies that either inconvenience us, cost us more, or our hard-earned money, or potentially bring bodily harm. Just recently, officials of several cities... Chose to unleash murderers and rapists right out of prison, so at the same time sought to have gun shops closed. Hmm, because they deemed them non essential. Senator Joe Biden told a man in Michigan that he does not work for him. That is a dangerous attitude held by career politicians like Nancy Pelosi and Maxine Waters. Wake up, America. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out theronedwards.com for news, updates, and other great stuff.
4: Ron Edwards, the new voice of America.
3: Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty
5: Coalition. This is Dan Perkins with your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans, Tip of the Day. In this period of sequester of millions of Americans, including veterans, health care is even more important. The Department of Veterans Affairs, video Video Connect mobile application enables you to connect with the virtual medical room. In the virtual medical room, you can participate in a video healthcare visit. A hands on physician examination is not required. You access your provider on a scheduled date and time, just like a face to face visit at the clinic examining room. So here's your veteran's tip of the day get enrolled in the VA healthcare system, have an email account where the link to the virtual medical room can be sent. For more information about this important service, go to va.gov, search for VA Video Connect Service. Quality healthcare is just a click away. This has been your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans Tip of the Day.
2: Hello, America. This is Tim Tapp for the Tap into the Truth Voter Apathy Project. Do you believe that calling COVID-19, the Wuhan virus, is racist? Do you think that passing laws to prohibit hormone blockers and transgender surgeries to minors is bigoted? Do you believe that there is no reason whatsoever to question Joe Biden's current mental status? then congratulations. You've got what it takes to be part of the Voter Apathy Project. You've already demonstrated that you don't understand the difference between describing where something comes from and racism. You've also demonstrated the fact that you don't understand that protecting children from potential lifelong harm is actually the job of adults. And you've also demonstrated that you've clearly not been paying any attention whatsoever to Joe Biden over the last several months. But then again, who can really blame you? Yes, in fact, if you said yes to any of the questions I just asked you, instead of going to go vote, maybe you should just keep being a lying dog faced pony soldier. That's right. This has been Tim Tapp reminding you that if you don't care enough to tap into the truth, you should just stay home on election day.
1: Because they invaded another country and annexed a significant portion of the call He's saying that it was president, my boss, it's his fault. It all- we hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by it. you You know
3: the thing. The deep state swamp urchins continue to damage the United States by making life more difficult for sovereign U.S. citizens. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, we all know that the coronavirus situation will subside and go away and Americans will be heading back to work. It is possible that some jobs will not be around when it's time to return to the workplace. That is why, among other reasons, it is infuriating to know that most likely, without President Trump's approval, deputies have announced that they have begun the process of importing 85,000 H-1B gig workers to take white-collar jobs that would be needed by millions of American graduates after October who have lost jobs during (laughs) the coronavirus crash. At least one million white-collar jobs have been transferred to foreign workers so far. According to Marie Larson, a co-founder of the American Workers Coalition, which opposes the many visa worker programs that have transferred one million white-collar jobs to foreign workers, this H-1B gig preferential treatment of foreign workers at the expense of qualified Americans was not ordered or approved by President Trump. Roughly 100,000 new H-1B workers arrive annually, which I believe is a major component in the effort to de-Americanize the United States. Wake up, my fellow Americans. The republic you save may be your own if you're willing to try. I'm Ron Edwards. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition.
4: COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. Symptoms of this respiratory disease may include fever, cough, and shortness of breath these symptoms may show up 2 to 14 days after exposure. If you are experiencing these symptoms and have come into contact or are in an area with an ongoing outbreak, please call a hotline and or consult with a physician. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov forward slash COVID-19. Thank you
2: and thank you nice cdc lady all right we are back thank you so much for staying with me through that very brief break uh naturally uh we do have to continue all of our common sense medication standards that well technically we probably should have all been doing before you know proper hand washing now the social distancing thing where you maintain uh, six feet or more between folks, That's that really does go against our nature, doesn't it? I mean we, with the few exceptions out there, uh, some of us are just rather antisocial, but for the most part, we tend to be a social group kind of mentality uh, among humanity. We usually like the company of others even if we're just hanging out and not really saying much uh we just have a saying where typically we don't like being alone so that part's a little tough it's a little different but the hand washing thing there's some folks that's acting like it's the first time they've even heard of the concept of putting soap on their hands Blah, what's this strange stuff uh let's just continue to be smart moving forward, and some of y'all probably need to keep wearing a mask too because, well, it's just – you're not very attractive. Okay, <laughs> anyway, it's Friday, and uh, I'm actually trying to take my mind off of my ankle because I'm still being a crybaby. All right, uh, let's let's get on to it uh, it seems that Michigan is not the only place where we're seeing some pushbacks uh, by people with a D at the end of their name uh, against tiny tyrants uh, this past Wednesday for example, the Pennsylvania State Senate passed a bill uh, that was intended to override the Democratic governor Tom Wolf's lockdown or as he liked to call it, a stay-at-home order, instead allowing all businesses to open back up within the federal parameters. Hmm. Anyway, Senate Bill 613 according to a report over at The Hill. uh, They said that it, quote, would require the governor's office to align with federal guidelines in determining which businesses will be allowed to reopen during the pandemic, allowing all those that can safely operate with mitigation strategies under Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency guidelines. The Republican-backed legislation passed in the Senate 29 to 21. Now, Governor Wolf was already, who has already closed schools for the remainder of the academic year and extended his stay at home order without exception until April 30th. All businesses that Wolf deems non life sustaining have been closed down, uh, which has drawn criticism of favoritism, according to reports at Penn Live. Uh, The GOP-backed bill would arguably allow more transparency while staying within the guidance laid out by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and the Federal Homeland Security's Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. Uh, Quote uh, right here from State Representative Mike Jones, a Republican – Uh, quote, I think the waiver process has been extremely inefficient. We're concerned it's been very unfair. The problem is it's also not been made public. Those are the big three that virtually every other state in the nation, including many of the surrounding states, continuing to operate, and it's coming at the expense of our state. Now, nonetheless, Wolf is expected to spike the bill. He he doesn't want it. He doesn't like it. Uh, He's going to try to veto it. There's no question. Nobody's challenging his authority. Nobody has oversight power over him. Uh, Quoting here, uh, as the administration has stated many times, irresponsibly going against the direction of the Secretary of Health and reopening businesses too early will only extend the length of the economic hardships created by the pandemic. Uh, This from Lindsey Kissinger, uh, Governor's Press Secretary. Now the Democratic Legislative Campaign Committee, however, claimed that Republican legislators don't care about Pennsylvania families or the lives that will be lost. The Pennsylvania GOP has a storied history of passing irresponsible legislation, but even I'm surprised they've stooped so low. At this a statement from the DLCC president, Jessica Post. Again, according to a report from the Hill, uh, Ms. Post continued saying, "Quote." Republicans have sent a message loud and clear. They don't care about Pennsylvania families or the lives that will be lost should this legislation become law. The GOP's focus should be on saving lives, not saving the stock market. (sighs) Earlier this week, Governor Wolf entered into a partnership with six other northeastern states – that includes Rhode Island, Delaware, Connecticut, New Jersey, Massachusetts, and New York. Uh, this partnership is designed to coordinate on when and how to end the lockdown. Uh, quote, uh, from uh, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo here, uh, if you do it wrong, it can backfire. And we've seen that with other places on, <laughs> other places in the globe. What the art form is going to be here is doing that smartly and doing that in a coordinated way. While the delays build up, Americans across the country are starting to speak out against the lockdown measures. On Wednesday, for example, thousands participated in the protest in Michigan State Capitol against the Democratic Governor Gretchen Wilson. I'm um, sorry, Gretchen Whitmer. I know a Gretchen Wilson. <laughs> uh, Gretchen Whitmer. Uh, and uh, according to the Democratic governor's executive, an inconsistent stay-at-home order. Uh, there's been a lot of pushback there. But despite the party leads, there's several state legislatures that voted for this bill. There were Democratic senators that voted This is literally a bipartisan bill. The Democrats have control in the state senate in Pennsylvania right now. There could not have been a passage of this bill at the senate without Democrats being on board. Now, none of them want to come out. None of them want to be vocal. None of them want to run the risk of having the democratic powers in the state cut them off.  … but they still look at this, and they know they have to look at their constituents in the eye. At some point, even if it's over a video camera during a Zoom call, they're going to have to be answerable to these folks at some point. So they're getting the point. None of them want to be in front of TV cameras. None of them want to be in front of a reporter's microphone. They don't want to be given sound bites over the radio. They don't want some local reporter writing up the big story, but at the end of the day… There is still pushback. There is still some people that have that big old. D- Judy was boring.
5: Hello.
0: Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com.
5: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
2: Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs>
2: That realize some of these folks are going just a little too far. Now, I would say probably more than a little in some of these cases, but you have to understand the mindset of the people we're talking about. They did not run for office and attain public office with a D at the end of their name if they didn't believe in some of these practices. Quick shout out to Bigfoot who's joined us in the chat room. Missed you, uh The last few days there, Bigfoot, glad to have you back in here. Bigfoot is, of course, a blogger extraordinaire. You can find his stuff over at bigfootsplace.blogspot.com. Now, Pennsylvania is one of these states that it's going to be important for Democrats to get right if they want to have a prayer of winning the upcoming presidential election. There are states, Rust Belt states in particular, places like Michigan and Ohio, that the Democrats still are scratching their head and trying to figure out how it was that Donald J. Trump won those states. He won those states by not blowing a bunch of smoke up their backsides and by acting as if business and America should be the first priorities of any administration.  … with the understanding that by putting America first and by putting businesses in a position where they can be successful, that does the most good for the highest number of people. It puts you in a position where you can lower taxes and still have more income. It puts you in a position where governments can have a windfall of uh, money while lowering taxes because they create conditions that businesses can be successful in. And when you create those situations, you spur new companies and more growth. You increase the economy. You grow the economy, therefore creating more jobs. And presumably uh, some of these jobs are good jobs, and some of these jobs are really good jobs. And it's up to the individuals to take advantage of these opportunities. But the government's role is to, as much as possible, get out the way. That's the role. That's, that's what government should be doing. The primary role of government is to protect our civil liberties, and that's a, a phrase that gets thrown around a lot by folks uh, that typically lean to the leftist mindset. But they use it all wrong because they've redefined what civil liberties – I mean your civil liberties is the rights that you have, the God-given rights that you have that government has been enshrined to protect. Civil liberties does not pay special heed to what color you are, what ethnicity you are, what religion you are, what part of the country you come from. Civil liberties are your God-given rights that our government was formed to protect. I know I'm repeating that, but there's a reason I'm repeating it. It's because even though I know the majority of the folks hanging out here with me live right now are well aware of this, I don't have to continue to preach to the choir… I still see the numbers every week, and the show continues to get more and more plays. I'm getting more interest from more uh, radio stations as well, so hopefully soon we'll have a few more additions to the terrestrial radio side of the uh, rebroadcasting. Maybe even a few more live streams. Get those live simulcasts going. There's a growth in the message because the message makes sense. And there's more people starting to wake up and realize the very thing that I keep complaining about. Why aren't more people – well, there are more people seeing it. Establishment politicians, regardless of party, are the problem. That's one of the reasons why all the way back, all the way back to George Washington, we were warned about party politics from the very beginning. It's a bad idea. It's a bad idea eventually eventually what's going to happen you know these folks they want to they want to pull resources and yeah that's great if to help some folks get elected that probably couldn't otherwise but at the end of the day it's only a matter of time before it starts being more about uh, uh, teams trying to win than doing the work of the people. So George Washington was part of that first uh, generation there who understood that everything they had done to liberate this country from the tyranny of the British crown at the time was intended to create a government that was for and by the people. It was intended to establish for the first time ever a nation based on the principle that the citizens were the sovereigns and that public servants went to do the work. It blows my mind to still hear people like Nancy, Mimi, Pelosi talk about uh, being a public servant. (laughs) Drain the swamp is a good thing for politics. Yeah, and it's a deep swamp, and it's a swamp that has swamp dwellers from both parties. I spend a lot of time very carefully calling out leftists. I try to be careful, to call out leftists because liberals, actual honest-to-goodness liberals aren't the problem. There's not a whole lot of people left out there that are true, honest-to-goodness liberals. In fact, a lot of us now make the uh, distinction the classic liberal. Well it's not a classic liberal. That's what a liberal really is. And even there, I have several disagreements between myself and a liberal as far as what the role of government should be. when it comes to interactions in our daily lives. But the one thing that I fully agree with 100 percent of the time with the liberal is the fact that our freedoms and our liberties must be preserved, and we must be ready to stand against our government at any point that it becomes necessary. As soon as these tiny tyrants start popping up, we have to be prepared to answer because it's on us. It's our responsibility. It's our country. It's okay to have policy disagreements. Let's talk about policy. Let's debate policy. Let's move forward based on what we decide the best policy is. Our, stash, our, our whole system was also intended to be slow and log jammed and for there to be occasions where nothing could get done because the idea, the intent there – and I don't know if you've noticed or not. I know, again, most of the people hanging out in the chat room certainly have. The less the government actually does, usually the better off we are. But the idea there isn't so much, well, let's keep government from doing anything. The idea was let's keep government from easily moving forward with knee-jerk reactions. Because as I'm sure if you have acquired any reasonable level of life experience by now, you have come to some point where you've made a knee-jerk reaction and ended up feeling like you just did the dumbest thing ever, knowing that if you would spend five minutes to stop, take a breath, and think about what you were about to do rather than take that knee-jerk reaction that things would have been so much better, falling into a trap, something you should have known better than to do. Knee-jerk reactions and emotion is what leftists deal with. They push these grand pie-in-the-sky ideas of collectivism and try to make us believe that that's the only way that we'll ever be happy when it's just the opposite – Human nature requires achievements. Collectivism drains the human soul. Collectivism pushes a mentality. It allows the human nature to want to be a little lazy. Now, again, there's exceptions to every rule, but for the, the majority of humanity, we'll be as lazy as we can get away with. When we can get away with just setting back and having our needs met, it crushes our souls because then we have no sense of achievements, we have nothing we accomplish. Thankfully, you know, there's there are still exceptions to that too, and that's a good thing, but ultimately it's bad for humanity to just allow collectivism to take care of yourself. It's a bad idea. It's harmful to the human condition and all you have to do is look at not only not only at the examples of the past but also the examples of corruption that also arise in collectivism because ultimately that's the real concern because it's also that soul crushing that turns ordinarily good people into swamp dwellers it's what turns ordinarily good people into corrupt Individuals, And that is why collectivism will never work. It's a bad idea to begin with because of what it does to the people that participate. But it will never be successful long term because eventually you end up with corruption because, again, humanity. You may start out with the most benevolent dictator ever. It's like, here, I'm just going to give you edicts. We do this. Everything's divided up. We're good. You may even have that second generation when somebody new takes over and they're the new next person in charge to still be just as benevolent. But it's only a matter of time before corruption seeps in to whoever's running that show. <sighs> <laughs> All right. We've got to do the reset of the hour. But before doing that, uh, boy, said, you know, you know what said George Washington said to his men before they crossed the, the Delaware River? Get into the boat, man. <laughs> uh, OK, <laughs> I got you, boy. All right, uh, guys, uh, the show often gets Cut in half for most of the replays now as it's rebroadcast over terrestrial radio. So if you're listening to one of those mini great stations, I'm about to say goodbye to you for today, but you'll probably get to hear hour number two of tonight's live broadcast uh, tomorrow, most likely for most of you. So for those of you that I'm saying goodbye to for today, I'd like to remind you, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, but more importantly, to use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth and while you're at it during the covid please please stay safe stay healthy and be smart even if it goes against your nature Uh, i'll be back real soon and as far as all of you who are here for the live show don't go anywhere hour number two comes up right after this
1: like a thousand years since we had real fears but the old ones won't forget These broken levee walls had a few close calls but they haven't fallen yet And you know the rain sun beats down, and it fakes the ground, and you watch the rich land die, such a vicious drought, even hopes in doubts, but there are no clouds in the sky, but you know the rain on you When you feel the first drop fall When it kisses your skin The storm will begin To bring with it promise of change When you Right to right. self-defense oh. They say you're stable but they don't make sense Dangerous funds will not turn into <laughs> gun. All you need to know is that's the you goal know.
2: Welcome to today's broadcast of Tap into the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you, as always, I am your ever-so-humble host, Tim Tap committee live from historic Rome County, Tennessee. And I want to thank each and every one of you who's chosen to join me live. This is the second hour of the live broadcast that uh, is taking place. On April 17th, 2020 And it's just a few brief moments after 8pm That is for the benefit Uh, Those of you who are listening to rebroadcasts on great radio stations across the country like KYAH 540 AM or WCET 101.7 FM or High Point Radio 1690 AM or KDIL 105.7 FM in Kennewick, Washington or KOII 94.5 FM in Flagstaff, Arizona. Those of you listening in those great stations, now you know why, maybe some of this might sound a little dated because, after all, things change so fast in the Trump administration's news cycle, doesn't it? I mean I've literally, literally been uh, a guest on his show, done my show. And then was a guest host on another show in the same day. And literally a story that I was talking about at the beginning of the day had changed drastically uh, before I got to the final hours of the evening working. So it, it is one of those situations where so many things change so quickly. And here we are where some of you aren't hearing this for Two, three days sometimes after it's been recorded. So, you know, if it sounds a little dated, now you know why. Of course, I want to thank you just the same for listening. And if you're listening to one of those great radio stations and you're enjoying the show, please let the uh, station managers know. Uh, give them a phone call, send them an email, whatever, to say, Hey, dig that tap into the truth. You need some more of that. Uh, and that way they know that uh, – They might want to adjust the schedule to a a time slot that they think suits better, or maybe they want to reach out and get some more programming that's similar so you can get more of the kind of thing you like. And of course, naturally, if you don't like it so much, you're still welcome to call them and let them know, but please don't. (laughs) All right. Uh, Also, uh, if you are listening uh, via podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts at, thank you so much for staying with us, especially if you're still listening because we are now running headlong into the second hour, which means you've decided to hang around a bit, and I appreciate it. Uh, By the way, had a huge spike in downloads from iTunes last week. I meant to mention this the other day, and it just keeps sipping my mind. I, is it weird that I feel weird about doing the old tooting my own horn thing? I, I always feel like I'm just – well, first of all, I'm not that great at self-promotion, I don't think. I like promoting other people. I like being positive, And I don't mind giving shout-outs uh, when it's appropriate that some people might think is self-promotion. But I've always just kind of been bad because it just feels weird. Yeah, I I really do mean that uh, ever-so-humble bit at the beginning of the show. I, I really do. I, I'm not a particularly boisterous or bombastic person. If I get to know you well enough, then uh, I do like to have fun. I like to cut up and joke, and sometimes you can just – be uh, taking things to an extreme and maybe even get a little loud when you do it. But for the most part, I'm just a quiet, thoughtful person that doesn't doesn't feel like I should be out here saying, hey, hey, look at me, look at me, which is really weird because here I am behind a microphone saying, hey, hey, listen to me. So It's kind of weird. I get it. Uh, probably why I'm never going to be running the big times, uh, hanging out behind the the EIB microphone or something like that. But uh, you know what? That's okay too. Uh, It's not where I belong, I don't think. Now, that's not to say if anybody out there looking for guest hosts uh, for one of these great networks, if you're looking at somebody and you come across this and you're saying, oh, he just said he doesn't want to do it. No, no, that's not what I said. Just said that I'm not likely to get there If you feel like making a phone call I'll see what I can do (laughs) More importantly, you'll see what I can do Okay, so there's enough of that It's Friday And I'm feeling surprisingly good For the pain that is currently in my ankle (laughs) Thank you, boy Boy says don't sell yourself short, uh, it, and, I, and I don't feel like I do. I just – I get behind here. I enjoy it because it's very cathartic for me, and I enjoy getting to, to have conversations uh, with you guys hanging out. I appreciate everybody coming into the chat rooms, and even when you're uh, – <laughs> I appreciate uh, you guys getting in here and conversing with each other and – uh It it does mean a lot to me that you guys hang out because this is as much a social media thing as anything else. I just get to be vocal, and thankfully because of uh, some great radio stations around the country uh, and some really great people working at a couple of them, I get to do the live thing and uh, be part of their broadcast, and uh, that's a lot of fun for me. So a lot of… A shout outs and thanks for people like Annie uh, Ubellas and Ron Edwards and uh, uh, Michael Vera who have all been kind enough to – and uh, believed in me enough to let me set in and uh, be a part of their shows and to either be a co-host or guest host on various occasions and, uh, of course… For all the different folks that have had me on as a guest, I appreciate that. Well, It uh, includes uh, folks like Don Smith, and uh, you know, it's it, it does it, it's uh, it's humbling, and it's appreciated to know that uh, people are listening well enough um, to see. Chief says Tim's selling himself shorter than Mickey Rooney. <laughs> well that's kind of short i'm i'm digging the the uh the reference here uh, the references here a lot of uh, a lot of references lately uh the uh charlie mccarthy bit uh was it was it wednesday i think it was i think it was wednesday night uh sheep in the chat room we were talking about chucky schumer just doing whatever nancy pelosi wanted so uh He says that Nancy Pelosi was uh, Edgar Bergen to Chuckie Schumer's uh, Charlie McCarthy. It's like some of these pop culture references, I I really like them, but I don't know how many young folks are going to get these, but that's okay. Uh, (laughs) I appreciate it. Okay, Um, you know what? There's actually stuff going on in the world outside of the United States And some of it is not even COVID-19 related. So i got a couple of stories right now, both from the international stage, that are not COVID-19 related. But both, I think, fall firmly into the camp. Back when I used to do this show just on Sundays here at BTR, uh, what I used to do, believe it or not, uh, I started out over at Spreaker… And uh, of course I still uh, still syndicate stuff over to to Spreaker, and Spreaker is actually how I designate out to a lot of the other podcasting sources like Deezer and AHA Radio and iTunes and, and all that I do from over there uh, rather than here just because BTR kind of missed me, and they're changing uh, how they do your RSS feeds so frequently uh, that it's really, really difficult. Uh, the only place I've ever been able to get them to consistently switch them over properly is over to Spreaker ever since the big merger happened. It it became pretty consistent over there. <clears throat> but Spreaker's always been really good about it. But anyway, I started doing shows over at Spreaker, and I was doing like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday thing over there. And then when I first started over here at BTR – I just did Sundays here, but I kept doing – I switched it over to like a Tuesday and a Thursday thing on Spreaker, and and I'd have different shows. And because I knew at that point in time it was a very different audience, I would do a lot of lap over and sometimes even had some of the same uh, titles because I still had the primary show the same. But uh, I went ahead and merged all that later, but uh, anyway, the point being is that I had a, a segment on the Sunday shows here called uh, Outrages of the Week and Headlines You May Have Missed and the Conspiracy Corner and various things like this. This clearly could fall into both the Headlines You May Have Missed and the Outrage of the Week. Here it's, let me just jump in. I've already platted on too long. I'm never going to get through this segment now. Okay, so the leader's… of Hamas living outside the Gaza Strip through desperately searching for a country that will agree to have them at this point. And according to a recent report, one country seems prepared to play host to the Hamas leaders. Want to guess? I bet you guys can get it right. In fact, I bet Bigfoot already knows. This is the kind of thing Bigfoot's on top of all the time. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. Our so-called NATO ally… Turkey. Now, two senior Hamas officials uh, have already decided to settle in Turkey, apparently, after getting the green light to do so from the Turkish president Erdogan. Three other Hamas officials uh, also relocated to Turkey from Qatar or Qatar and uh, Lebanon, respectively. Uh, Some of these folks' wife and children who are based in the Gaza Strip are expected to join uh, these folks as they now live in Turkey, expected to be there in the very near future. Now, the article I'm reading from or that I'm using this from does have names. I, however, am not about to attempt to butcher them so badly. My East Tennessee tongue is not going to get them anywhere close to correct, so I'm not even going to attempt it. However… The story is from the Gatestone Institute and is always the case. If you're so inclined to pick up the pieces in between, I do put links onto the Tap into the Truth Facebook page for every single story I cover. I don't always share all of them on my personal stuff, so you still may want to go over. This one, however, is on both. Now, presuming that Facebook hasn't fact-checked everything and tried to hide it, but it should be available if you're interested. Anyway, these folks, some of which who left the the Gaza Strip back in December of 2019, have reportedly been banned by the Egyptians from returning to the Hamas-ruled coastal enclave, which is home to some two million so-called Palestinians. Uh, Reports in the Arab media have suggested uh, that this individual fell from Egypt's good graces when he broke a promise not to visit Iran after Egypt allowed him to leave the Gaza Strip through the Egyptian-Gazan Rafah border crossing. Shortly after he left the Gaza Strip, he traveled to Iran, where he attended the funeral of Qasem Soleimani. Of course, we all remember Soleimani from uh, his greatest hits collection of Killing Americans with Roadside Bombs and, oh yeah, there goes my arm. Donald Trump just bombed the crap out of me. Of course, you know, that was right after he did the travel guide uh, for uh, Orex Airport. Anyway, uh, Soleimani, of course, is the former commander of Iran's Quids Force. Who was, and I'm digging this. Assassinated (laughs) in a targeted U.S. drone strike on January 3rd in Baghdad. I don't think assassinated is the best word usage. I mean, words have power and words have meaning. And when you're an international terrorist who's actually been made a general and a high advisor to a regime that runs a theocracy that supports terrorism around the country, and you are a terrorist that is in the process of training other terrorists to attack U.S. soldiers and U.S. interests, that also translates to our allies… In a place where we have spent a lot of time, energy, effort, treasure, oh, yeah, and blood in an effort to to try and bring some semblance of sanity to that nation, then I don't think assassinated is the actual word. I think brought to justice is a much better phrase to put in that place. Qasem Soleimani was brought to justice. ...in a targeted U.S. drone strike on January 3rd in Baghdad, Iraq. Now, Soleimani, of course, who the U.S. designated as a terrorist in 2005... ...was also personally sanctioned by the United Nations and the European Union. Meaning that everybody who's involved with even just the virtue signaling of the notion of liberty and western civilization saw this guy as a terrorist and a threat to freedom. In a speech at the funeral of Soleimani in Tehran, uh this guy, Hanyei, I think, uh Henye, I like I said I just I, I'm never going to get this one right. Anyway, in the speech at the funeral, the dude was the head of the Hamas political bureau. He said, quote, I declare that the resistance project in Palestine will continue and will not be weakened, and it won't retreat. He also praised the slain Iranian military commander as a martyr of Al-Quds, who made great sacrifices in order to safeguard Palestine and the resistance. Now I love how they keep talking about Palestine like it's a real place. Don't you? Hey, uh, you're, you're not going to keep threatening this place over here that doesn't exist anywhere on a map that's actually a real map. And not just something that Ilhan Omar or Rashida Tlaib uh, hand drew uh, before going to a meeting. Uh, maybe AOC helped color it because, you know. They're a squad, and an AOC is good at gathering. She almost always stays in the lines. Anyway, Hanani's visits to Iran and Hamas's continued anti-Israeli activities and terrorist attacks have enraged Egypt, which has been working hard to achieve a long-term ceasefire agreement between the Hamas faction based in Gaza and Israel. The Egyptians are apparently also angered by Iran's continued military and financial support for Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad, the two major players in the Gaza Strip. Arab countries have had previously welcomed Hamas leaders and permitted them – … to establish bases and use their territories to plan terrorist attacks on Israel. But now they – all these Arab countries seem to be turning their backs on Hamas because they're untrustworthy. There's a bigger thing at play here too. When it comes to these folks claiming to be Palestinian… It's, it's a lie that they've been telling themselves and their people long enough now that I think a lot of the average, everyday so-called Palestinians probably don't know that they're not actually Palestinian. They probably really, really have no idea that mm, they're descended from Jordanian exiles. And I know it ruffles some feathers sometimes when I actually make this assertion, and certainly some of the people living in the Strip claiming to be Palestinians aren't from that grouping, but none of them are actually from any place that's called Palestine. That's part of why the Arab community didn't give a rat's backside until they rebranded themselves as Palestinian and said that they will fight to their last breath uh, to uh, reclaim the territory that is now known as Israel because obviously the Arabs who have been Islamized, which is a real word I didn't just make up. (laughs) Okay, maybe I did, and uh, they then want to see Israel wiped off the face of the earth. So what happens? A group like Hamas, a known terrorist organization… Manages to take over after the PLO falls apart. PLO, also a known terrorist organization in its time. Uh, there's still semblances of the PLO, but they're nothing like they used to be um, Well, it's, as far as strength's concerned. The idea is still the same though, but Hamas literally in its charter – in its charter – demands that it will wipe Israel from the face of the earth, that it will kill every last Jew on the face of the planet. But it's Israel that's the apartheid state and should be boycotted and divested from, right? Yeah, I mean, we keep coming back to that, don't we? Anyway, in 2011, Hamas leaders were expelled from Syria after they refused to support President Bashar Assad in his conflict with Syrian opposition groups. The Syrians have since turned down requests by Hamas's friends…  … in Iran and Hezbollah to restore ties with Hamas' leadership. Bottom line is Assad says uh, no. What would I want a bunch of terrorists running around my country for if you're not going to work as terrorists on my behalf? Because if you're not going to work on my behalf, then you're probably going to be working against me. And this is the very same reason that they got tossed out of Jordan in the first place… Try to overthrow the royal family. And when you try to overthrow a royal family in one of these Arab nations, none of them tend to want to let you in. So that's been the thing that's created the plight of the so-called Palestinians from the beginning. That and the fact that since then they absolutely refused not to be ruled over by terrorists. Hey! Guys who call yourselves Palestinians, here's a crazy new idea. Why don't you maybe consider uh, picking someone to to take over the mantle of leadership that – I don't know – that's not a terrorist for a change. Maybe somebody that kind of wants to live in peace with their neighbors. And let's really bring it up a notch. Bam! Somebody that's going to be honest when they talk to their neighbors and, and all their neighbors – yeah, yeah, that includes all those Zionist pigs over there. Yeah, it includes them too. I know, I know, after, after decade, after decade of being told that it's your destiny to wipe those folks out and that they're just evil overlords that are oppressing you, it's kind of hard to want to get along with them. I know, I know it's crazy, but at this point, how is that… Terrorists for leaders working out for you. Just, just something to think about. Okay, so anyway, uh, Qatar Cutter. I still like Qatar. I, I've always liked calling it. Qatar. I, I don't think that either pronunciation is wrong. I think it's a tomato tomato thing, based on what I've seen. Now, if I am wrong, and I probably am, feel free to let me know. But I like Qatar because it just sounds exotic. But Cutter. It's like cutter just sounds like what Rocky Balboa needs in his corner when he's going up against Clubber. Like, cut me, Mick, cut me. Uh, anyway, he needed, to, <laughs> he needed that against Apollo Creed. I know, I know. But anyway, so Qatar, Lebanon, and Sudan are said to have cut back their relations with Hamas, well, apparently out of fear of being accused by the international community of harboring a Palestinian terrorist group that seeks the elimination of Israel. Well, that's a strange thing to fear until you realize that that's exactly what you'd be doing except for the Palestinian part because they're not Palestinians. They call themselves that. Who was it? Uh, Wake Up New Orleans was in here the other day going, I can't believe you'd say such racist nonsense. I'm not being racist. They still still teach the folks in Jordan the truth of who the Palestinian people are or were. Now they're just a group of refugees that have been hanging out in Israeli-controlled territories that they've allowed these folks to try to to self-govern, but they just keep picking terrorists for leaders. Anyway, Saudi Arabia has gone a little further by putting dozens of so-called Palestinians and Jordanian activists on trial for supporting Hamas. At least 68 so-called Palestinians and Jordanians have been indicted in a special terrorism court in the kingdom. The suspects were detained by Saudi security authorities in April of 2019. Among those arrested uh, was Mohammed al Kuduri, a longtime so-called Palestinian resident of Saudi Arabia who previously served as Hamas's official representative in the kingdom. al and other Hamas officials expected to join uh, – Hane- see here am, I'm trying to do these names and I'm just embarrassing myself uh, – so other Hamas officials are expected to join uh, the main guy who snuck into Iran in Turkey, uh, is wanted by Israel and by the U.S. for his involvement in – wait for it – terrorism. In 2018, the U.S. State Department offered a reward of up to $5 million for information that would lead to the identification or location of a lottery. Deputy Head of Hamas's Political Bureau Now according To uh, the Intelligence And Terrorist Information Center uh, Arroy is a Key figure in forming Ties between Hamas and Iran and Hezbollah and is involved With the construction and Handling of Hamas terrorist Infrastructures in The West Bank In 2014 he was had been uh, shuttling between Lebanon and Turkey and for the past few years uh, announced that Hamas' is responsibility for the June 12, 2014 kidnapping and murder of three Israeli teenagers in the West Bank. In 2015, he left Turkey after unprecedented American and Israeli pressure on Turkish authorities, according to a Hamas source. A quote – he decided to leave Turkey voluntarily so as not to embarrass Turkey, which was facing huge pressure from Israel and the U.S. administrations. But that was then, and now in recent months, uh, this main guy has become a regular visitor to Turkey, where he's warmly received by Edron and other senior Turkish officials last month. He said that while Hamas has a strategic relationship with Iran, it also maintains ties with Turkey and several other countries, saying, quote, we need Arabs and Muslims to stand with us against the deal of the century. Yeah, that's the one to try to actually bring peace between the so-called Palestinians and the Israelis. You guys remember that, right? I've got to stand against the deal of the century, explaining that U.S. President Donald Trump's recently unveiled plan for the Middle East, quote, all Palestinian factions are entitled to preserve their strategy. Translation, we want it all from the river to the sea. Translation, we're allowed to continue terrorist activities and do whatever we – literally, Eric Cartman, whatever, whatever, I'll do what I want. That's, That's what you're saying here. All Palestinian factions are entitled to preserve their strategy. Hamas believes that Palestine is from the river to the sea. Literally talking about from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea. Hamas will not recognize Israel. They refuse to. And Edgerand's reported willingness to host Hamas' leadership most likely comes from his longstanding support for the Muslim Brotherhood. Erdogan's ties to the Muslim Brotherhood go back to the 1970s when he was one of the trusted political pupils… … of the father of Islamism in Turkey, another name that I'm not about to pronounce. <laughs> now, Lorenzo Veno, director of George Washington University's program on extremism, pointed out that since July of 2013, overthrow of the Muslim Brotherhood's Mohammed Morrissey as president of Egypt… Erdogan has sought to provide a safe haven for persecuted members of the movement. According to a news website in the area, they noted that in addition…  … that the dozens, that dozens of Muslim Brotherhood figures living in exile today in Turkey are some of the movement's most powerful and influential figures. These Brotherhood leaders and their relatives live a comfortable life under the protection of Erdogan's administration according to the website. As Hamas is an offshoot of the Muslim Brotherhood, surprise, surprise, in case you didn't know, Erdogan's reported readiness to welcome its leaders into Turkey really isn't that much of a surprise. It seems that Erdogan is trying to help the Muslim Brotherhood extend its influence across more regions while serving as the spiritual leader of the movement. If the reports about Ezra's readiness to invite Hamas leaders to live in Turkey are true. That would also turn Erdogan into the spiritual father of a terrorist group that seeks to destroy Israel and replace it with an Islamic state. Not to mention also it would make him an enemy of the United States, an enemy of Israel, an enemy of the UK… And presumably an enemy of the EU, however, most of the EU is willing to bend over and just be colonized. It now remains to be seen whether the international community, including some Arab countries like Egypt and Saudi Arabia, demand that Turkey distance itself from Hamas. That would be the smart thing to do. A Hamas move to Turkey would mean the terrorist groups would continue masterminding and carrying out terrorist attacks against Israel, but not just against Israel. Thing is, though, this time while they're doing this, they'd be doing it under the protective eyes of Egeron himself. Remember, this is the man that was upset, this is the man who was angered. That we would make references to. <laughs> uh, sorry, Chuckling. The... Uh-oh. Uh oh. Suzette's taking over, uh, so Bring It Boy had to step aside. Uh, I forgot the podcast you were on by mistake. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Chief says that Eric Cartman, uh, the South Park character that Tim usually sounds like is Timmy. Timmy. da da. Of course, then he says, of course, I usually sound like Kenny. Okay. <laughs> All right, so anyway, back to the discussion point. I appreciate that talking point, though. Erdogan got upset when we were talking about radical Islam. You remember that? He's made it clear ever since then. He wants a caliphate. He was working against ISIS only because he doesn't want ISIS to be in charge of the caliphate. He wants to be in charge of the caliphate. (laughs) Whatever, whatever. I still sound how I want. It comes down to this guy. He is dangerous. I'm still trying to figure out why is Turkey still in NATO? I mean I know why they want to be in NATO, but why hasn't the rest of NATO figured out that Turkey for a while – before Ezra even took power, Turkey had a sudden shift towards Islam. It was what I remember years ago. I was on a social media site that, that existed before Facebook, uh, and yeah, I was having conversations sometimes. And I was having a conversation with somebody who claimed to be from Turkey, and I'm pretty sure that she was. And it, it got political, and she was like, "Well, oh, how do you feel about George Bush? Blah blah blah." Attacks into it's like, uh, I think it's the right thing because. There is right and wrong, and uh, Saddam Hussein trying to take over Kuwait is uh, a bad move. Why would you not think the same thing? You think it's okay to just go take over Kuwait because you're mad over oil prices and uh, contract agreements? Is is that something reasonable? But the point was is during the course of these conversations, it became quite clear that there was this huge movement that had moved towards Islam… And there was a huge wave of anti Americanism, and a lot of these people were populating these social media sites at that point in an effort to try to find out how many Americans they could kind of convert. You know, it, it was an effort to radicalize, I suppose, as much as anything. Of course, Chief uh, laid it out here saying that Turkey is still in NATO because they control the passage between the Black Sea and the Mediterranean. Well, strategically, that is something that is good to have control over, but my point is still the same. Turkey has no interest in being a part of the North American uh, alliance, the North Atlantic alliance I should say. They have no interest in that. Their interest at this point in remaining in NATO is just to look like they still can do business with and take advantage of all the great technology that uh, the great scientists here in the United States are coming up with and the applications towards military process. In the event that they do piss off one of their neighbors, the alliance will come to help them. But they're also doing business with Russia, which is a violation of the NATO agreement. They've made it quite clear that they have no interest in following Western civilization ideology anymore. They have embraced this. Now, they're technically not an Islamic state, but Erdogan has embraced the ideology and is pushing it forward. Like I said, he clearly wants to rule a caliphate, and I think sometimes it sounds like he already thinks he does. If Turkey permits Hamas leadership to just take up residence there, that's something that all of NATO really needs to have some firm words about. Yeah, Chief, Chief is right. Turkey has no interest in having to stand alone against Russia when they want to take over uh, Helen's point. No, you're right, and that was part of what brought Turkey into NATO initially, but that was well before Erdogan took over. Like I said though, before Erdogan took over, there was already this shift in the country, and Erdogan got elected because he was the voice of that movement. I really think that at this point… If they thought they could trust Russia, they probably would leave on their own, but they do still like getting the goodies that are involved as well. Anyway, I have blown way past the halfway point, so uh, let's sneak in that uh, midway break. When we come back, I've got one more topic that I wanted to get to, also international and also non-COVID-19. But don't worry, I'll make up for it because I'm going to start out, of course, with the PSAs from the CDC. You guys don't go anywhere. I'll be right back.
4: COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. Symptoms of this respiratory disease may include fever, cough, and shortness of breath. These symptoms may show up 2 to 14 days after exposure. If you are experiencing these symptoms and have come into contact or are in an area with an ongoing outbreak, Please call a hotline and/or consult with a physician. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov/forward/slash/covid-19. Thank you.
3: The often publicly promoted communist/slash socialist dream of food, shelter, and clothing for everyone is just a hoax. Hello, I'm. Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, a special message for millennials. In a perfect world, everyone would have more than enough shelter, food, and clean water. In a true utopian society, there would be no sexism, racism, or other forms of oppression. In addition, there would not be laws and regulations designed to oppress one group in favor of another. Governments would not pick and choose corporate winners and losers at the expense of creativity, inventing, and job creation. Those touting the wonders of communism have for a long time fooled many millennial country men and women into believing that it is better to bring down the successful and in wholesale fashion redistribute their worked for wealth to the oftentimes ungrateful idol to america's millennials the many possessions you own would no longer be available to you if america were to be fully transformed into a communist slash socialist nation You need only to take a close examination of the harsh realities of full-blown socialism or communism in our own hemisphere in Venezuela after the incurably ignorant masses gave up their guns and the right to protect themselves in 2012. Seek ye the truth, millennials, and it will set you free and help save our republic. I'm Ron Edwards. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. This is Dan
5: Perkins with your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans Tip of the Day. In this period of sequester of millions of Americans, including veterans, healthcare is even more important. The Department of Veterans Affairs video, video Connect Mobile Application enables you to connect with the virtual medical room. In the virtual medical room, you can participate in a video healthcare visit. A hands-on physician examination is not required. You access your provider on a scheduled date and time, just like a face-to-face visit at the clinic examining room. So here's your veterans tip of the day. Get enrolled in the VA healthcare system. Have an email account where the link to the virtual medical room can be sent. For more information about this important service, go to va.gov, search for VA Video Connect service. Quality healthcare is just a click away. This has been your Songs and Stories for Soldiers. Veterans, tip of the day. Hello,
2: America. This is Tim Tapp. On behalf of the Tap into the Truth, Voter Apathy Project. Are you someone that believes that the Obama administration was the most transparent presidential administration in history with zero scandals? Do you believe that Hillary Clinton lost to Donald Trump in 2016 because of misogyny? Then you have what it takes to be part of the Voter Apathy Project. You've already demonstrated that you don't care enough to learn about the IRS targeting of Tea Party groups, a little thing called Benghazi, a matter of 30,000-plus missing emails sent to a private server, or Fast and Furious, and I mean the gun-running to Mexican drug cartels, not the movie franchise. Yes, that's right. If you don't care enough to learn about small details like these, then maybe you should just stay home on Election Day. Because if you don't care enough to tap into the truth, then you should just stay home. This has been tip Tap for the Tap into the Truth Voter Apathy Project.
3: Until recently, the public library, the Boy Scouts, the Girl Scouts, and Cup Scouts were safe fashions of good influence for young Americans. But my how times have changed. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards on today's page from the Edwards Notebook. My wonder years as a Cub Scout and later Boy Scout were filled with being taught about the importance of being honest, thrifty, obedient to parents, camping, jamboree, patriotism, helping the elderly, etc. Those moral lessons taught in both the Cubs and Boy Scouts reflected and were an extension of the values we first learned at home and in church. But as our republic morphed away from Judeo-Christian ethics into an amoral mobocracy via government school indoctrination of one generation after another, in many circles, good moral standards were done away with and replaced with corruptive teachings that are now even taught to toddlers in public libraries. Where Christmas is banned, along with wholesome stories like Huckleberry Finn, But drag queens are there to teach little ones how to twerk, and even worse. If America is to remain great, we the people must fight to reestablish that which is good in the sight of God. If not,
1: forget about it.
3: I'm Ron Edwards. Check out theronedwards.com for news updates and other great stuff. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition.
4: COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. Information about children with this disease is limited, but they are known to have had mild symptoms. Many organizations are responding accordingly, depending upon their area. It's best to stay home and away from others, especially when sick, and continue following healthy hand wash guidelines, covering mouth and nose and not touching your face or high-touch surfaces. Clean and disinfect high touch surfaces regularly. And for more information, please visit cdc.gov forward slash COVID 19. Thank you.
2: And thank you, nice CDC lady. All (laughs) righty. We just got a few minutes left to go in the show, and I've got a topic I have got to get to today, mostly because I put it in the show description, and I really hate not getting everything I put in the show description. And when I don't have any guests scheduled and don't take any calls, I don't have any excuses. It's just me taking too long on something. And usually it's just me blathering. You know, kind of like what I'm doing right now. Anyway, uh, let's get started. Okay, so. According to Breitbart News uh, from a story that they printed on back on the 14th, uh, MI5 is aware of 43,000 terrorist suspects, not 23,000 as previously claimed. It's true. So, quoting from there, the government of the United Kingdom has admitted that it is aware of 43,000 terrorist suspects, nearly double the number previously revealed by security services. After the 2017 London Bridge terror attacks, the British people were informed that there were some 23,000 suspected terrorists that were being monitored by MI5. This itself. Already a significant rise On the 3,000 Suspects the government had admitted to knowing About at that point Now they literally Went from admitting publicly That they were keeping an eye on 3,000 people to jumping it up To 23,000 and now They're saying it's 43,000 Okay So this reports revealed that there's An additional 20,000 people On the government's watch list The numbers include 3,000 suspects of interest who are actively being investigated by the government and 40,000 closed subjects of interest who are deemed by MI5 judges to be some risk of reengaging in terrorist activity. That's according to the Times. The list of closed subjects of interest included Salaman Abdi, who killed 22 people during the Manchester Arena bombing, and Khalid Massoud, who ran over pedestrians and stabbed a police constable to death back in 2017's Westminster terror attack. Both terrorists were allowed to slip through the cracks of the surveillance system due to (gasps) limited resources. Isn't that a great excuse? Also in this report, the government claimed that the increased number of terrorists on MI5's watch list does not necessarily – I love how they put that. It doesn't necessarily mean that there's 20,000 additional terrorists presently in the country. Quoting from there now, a a substantial element of the increased To over 40,000 is the inclusion of individuals who've never traveled to the UK, but whose details have been passed to MI5 by foreign intelligence services in order that MI5 be alerted should they enter the UK. So, did you catch that? We're aware of 43,000 terrorists.  … that have some intent, some connection, the possibility of them coming into the UK. So we're we're keeping an eye on all of them, although we don't have the resources to keep an eye on the 3,000 that we originally admitted to you to. We certainly don't have the resources to keep an eye on the 23,000 that we've admitted to previously. And we want to just vague things up a little bit by saying that some of the additional 20,000 are Just terrorists that – and I'm going to go on a limb here and say terrorists that we know are somewhere in the EU, meaning that uh, previous to Brexit, uh, they could have just come in at any point in time. So we were supposed to be keeping an eye out for them too, and guess what? We're not enemies with the EU. There's still going to be travel between us and EU nations, well, you know, once corona is over. So they needed to be aware. So, there's clearly not necessarily 20,000 more terrorists in the country. Isn't that comforting? Doesn't that make you feel better about it? I mean, really? I know that gives me the warm and fuzzies. I'm thinking to myself, that's such a great explanation. Those guys should come over here and have reading time with Biden so that, you know. People can still pretend like Joe Biden's a living, breathing person and not just a mannequin that the Democrats are putting up to try to get like Stacey Abrams into the White House or some ridiculous something like that. I don't know where you're supposed to draw some comfort from these things. Now, I want them to be honest, and I think everybody should want the UK to be honest. I want the United States to be honest uh, to our citizens. If it comes to an internal threat like that, if we know that there are X amount of terrorist or potential terrorists already operating within the United States, especially if we've got a pretty good idea of where they're at, we should know about it. We should be made aware of it so that we can like go to elevated level orange, which means something could happen anywhere at any time by someone. So, you know, keep an eye on it. It's, it's tough dealing with terrorism. It is, and fortunately, the United States has been extremely lucky because we do have some pretty good resources at trying to stop that. Beyond that, there's not a whole lot of places where you can just actively get away with it. You do some stuff, and then Americans are likely to catch you, and you're not getting away. Now, if you're a suicide bomber, that's not such a deterrent, but if you're planning on I'm going to do this over here in Boston, and then I'm going to go do something in New York, and then I'm going to suddenly surprise everybody by showing up in Albuquerque because you know, nobody expects Albuquerque, then you want to get away. That doesn't happen so much in the United States. We're pretty good at stopping you, but the fact that… They offer up this ridiculous notion that, hey, yeah, okay, so we've got our eye on like forty three thousand people, okay, but you know uh, some of that extra twenty thousand that we weren't acknowledging before, they're not all here, <laughs> they're not all here, how many are that's what that's the number I wanted to well it's hard to say. And besides that, maybe the COVID got a few of them, so the the numbers could be down, except this is a list of people that they're actively – this is a list of people that they actively have on a list of people because clearly they don't have the resources in order to keep an eye on them and prevent them from carrying out terrorist attacks as I pointed out to such attacks just a moment ago. Danger's real, and clearly, even when you're doing the best job possible that you can do, you've got to be 100 percent, 100 percent of the time. It's tough. It's tough, and I understand that. But let's not patty cake around with the public. That's the problem, though. It's really, really hard to embrace those virtue-signaling leftist idealisms and be concerned that uh, – Some so-called migrant from Syria might be about to blow up your neighborhood. Suddenly, your attitude might change just a little bit, and I think that's really what they're afraid of more than anything when they make these statements. Sadly enough, our friends across the pond, a lot of the citizens have come a long way towards waking up to this ridiculousness of political correctness and leftism, much the same as we have. But they're still also facing a government that is primarily dealing with a bunch of leftists. Thank goodness the people are rising up. Thank goodness there is an awakening. But man, they've still got a long way to go. So we're rooting for you, UK. We are. We are. We love you guys. Uh, You know, we – We've had a dust-up or two uh, in the past, but uh, all that's behind us, United States, nothing but love. That's going to have to be it for me for tonight, guys. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Shout-outs again to Bigfoot, Bringing It Boy, uh, Suzette, who's also hanging out with Boy, and uh, of course, uh, Chief. uh, These are the folks that hung with me to the very end. I appreciate you being here as always, and wherever you're listening – from thank you as well, for staying with me at any rate, uh I <laughs> believe says, Tim, we can't keep an eye on the terrorists operating in d c you know politicians, we're spread very thin now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. All right, so thanks for being here. As always, I do greatly appreciate it. And remember, whatever you do, the one thing that I ask for you above anything else is don't take my word for it. Don't. Anything you heard here, if you, if you think it sounds funny, it doesn't sound right, or if you really, really believe it but you're like – Maybe the fact that Tim said it means I should double-check it. Then do it because here's the thing. You really should be prepared to put in a little effort, but more importantly, you must be prepared to use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. That's the bottom line there. And for the remainder of the COVID, I'm going to continue to give you this extra wish at the end, and that, of course, is to stay safe, stay healthy, and be smart even if it goes against your nature. I'm out for now. Join me again on Sunday. I start at 3 p.m. Eastern. Hope to see you guys then. In the meanwhile, have a great weekend, and I'm out of here. Good night, everybody.